Man, last Sunday we were online and I was having flashbacks to when we were just doing church online and I don't miss it one bit. I know it's useful and it's helpful, but I like coming here, meeting with some people and seeing you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. And if you're watching online, we miss you. We wish you were here. We're in a series called Summer School, just teaching some things throughout the summer. And today I'm going to hit a topic that I think is so important. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 10. Today I believe you're going to learn something that's going to help you. And I'm talking about help you big time. Because there's a lot of people who um, they're trying to be Christians instead of walking in the authority that God gave us as believers. Amen. And uh, I just want you to know that you're actually stronger than that. That's what I need you to know today. You're stronger than that. And I want to share some things today. I won't finish it all today. We'll talk some more about it next week. But this is some important stuff today. Matthew chapter 8. I'm going to use this verse of scripture to set it up. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 10. Uh, it says, when Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a, uh, a captain in the Roman army approached him asking for a miracle. Lord, he said, I have a son who is lying in my home, paralyzed and suffering terribly. And Jesus responded, I will go with you and heal him. That's a good response, am I right? That is fantastic. I would just go to the house right there. Let me show you where he's at. But verse 8 happens, he says, But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come into my house? I understand your authority. That's, that, that, that's so important right there. I understand your authority. This is what I want to unpack for you today. But he says, I understand your authority, for I too am a man who walks under authority, and I have authority over soldiers who serve under me i can tell one to go and he'll go and another to come and he'll come i command my servants and they'll do whatever i ask so i know that all you need to do is stand here and command healing over my son and he will be instantly healed and jesus was astonished when he heard this and he said to those who were following him he has greater faith than anyone I've encountered in Israel. All because he understood spiritual authority. Now, I need you to see a couple of things. We're going to pray in a moment, but I need you to see a couple of things. The centurion, he's in an authority position, meaning that he, he is over some people. But at the same time he is over some people, he's under some authority. So he's over but he's under and he understood how authority works and Jesus was impressed with him Jesus was impressed with his faith because he understood this authority and then he commends him for his faith and even goes as far to say I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel these were the people that were supposed to be following him Jesus said I haven't even seen faith like that amongst people who follow me this is impressive and so today I want to use this story to set up the message, and I want to call it this today, the over-under effect. The over-under effect. We're going to talk about spiritual authority, and if you're writing things down, I want you to write this down real quick, and then we're going to pray because this is so key. Here's what the over-under uh, over effect is. It's not who or what you're over that gives you authority. It's who you are under okay like some of you guys are in supervision and you feel like because you're in supervision you got authority over people you didn't get that authority unless somebody over you gave it to you this is why there's a lot of dysfunction with people in authority roles because they think their authority is coming from the people below them meaning if i'm over you then now i'm empowered entitled to tell you what to do but it's not them that gives you that authority it's someone that is over you and today i want to use this to talk about the over under effect let's pray jesus thank you for today thank you for our time to gather to worship 
our time to hear from your word. And Lord, today I pray that this message, Father, would really help us to see how you intended for us to live. To not just try to make it, not just barely survive, but walk in victory, to thrive, to be strong, to win some battles that we're facing, to overcome the things that they tell us, this is just your lot in life, you're going to have to deal with it. God, I thank you that your power is greater than all these things. I thank you, Lord, that through this message, Father, that you're going to set people free. You're going to help people stand in the place that you have reserved for them, that you have created for them. And Father, I just pray today that our ears would be open, our eyes would be open to hear who you said that we could be. And Father, I ask for your help in communicating this message. Let it be done with clarity. Let it be challenging. But Father, let it be encouraging. And help us, Father, to walk as sons and daughters in your kingdom with the authority that is given to us by you, our Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'll tell you a story real quick, and then we're going to dive in. Uh, a few years ago, I was cooking at home. By the way, I am the husband that does the cooking at home. Any of those guys here? We got any guys that do a little cooking and throw it down? You know what I'm saying? And so I was cooking at the house, and uh, I had some onions, because if you're Cajun, everything you do starts usually with an onion, the Trinity, okay? And you can study that on your own. And uh, I had a few things going at one time, and so I wasn't paying attention to what was happening on the stove, because I was just trying to handle business at the house, and uh, I could smell the onions starting to burn. So I run to the stove trying to get everything under control, and, and usually if it gets a little brown, it's okay. It's a Cajun, you know, you just take a little water, put it in there, stir it around, and everything's all right because you start to brown your vegetables, okay? And so, uh, but I didn't realize how bad it was, and it just turned into steam and into smoke, and the whole entire house fills with smoke, and I mean, it's pretty intense in the house. Uh, it's not as intense as when Elijah burned the hamburgers in the condo when we were living there, but it was pretty intense. <laughs> got to bro I got to love you um and so um just using wisdom I opened the door the back door to the house to allow some of this smoke to get out of there turn the ceiling fans on you know the routine just to get it out of there and uh I go about my business to uh continue to cook and uh, and there was a bird that flew into my home and landed on the handrail of the stairs. And I will do this story no justice at all. My kids would love to tell this story and exaggerate it quite a bit. Uh, but let's just say I do not appreciate birds flying in my house. There's a few animals I just don't do, and birds are one of them. I don't do birds. I don't touch them. I don't, I don't like fooling with them. I don't do frogs. I don't like messing with them. Thank you, Wyatt Thorpe, for getting that frog out of my house that night at small group. I don't do lizards. I don't do skinks. A snake doesn't bother me one bit. I can handle a snake alligator, not a problem. I don't know what it is. A lizard's like a miniature version of an alligator. I don't get it, but alligator bothers me none at all. If I go fishing with you and there's an alligator, we're messing with that thing. And there goes my opportunities to get invited to go fishing. So uh, my boys would say that I panicked when the bird came into the home. I wouldn't go as far as to say that I panicked as much as I reacted to the fact that I knew there was absolutely nothing that the boys were going to do to get this foul creature out of my home. And so, um, so I decide I have to choose a weapon. <laughs> you laugh at me, but you got your own struggles, every one of you in here. If this is my struggle, pray for the grace of God upon me. And it was a dilemma because it was either going to be a pellet gun or a broom. Oh, I would have shot that thing in my house. But I live with Cynthia, and she wouldn't appreciate that being done in our house. But I would have shot that thing. I need you to know. So uh, I decided on the broom. And uh, 
So we were close enough to the door that I figured if I, if I swatted a certain way, he would just fly out the door. And that is not at all what happened. He went the other way and uh, proceeded to fly into Ella Pearl's room. So I um, already don't want to go in there. And I have two teenage sons at the time that instead of helping their father out of respect for their own home, they're just rolling on the floor laughing at me. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing. And uh, in fact, this is how much my boys loved me for Christmas that year. They had a special made t-shirt for me that has birds flying all over it. And it just says, ah, all the way across it. (laughs) I forgot to bring it. I was going to bring it today. I forgot to bring it. And uh, so now the bird is in Ella Pearl's room, and I can see it in the room. And I have this broom, and I've got to figure out how I'm going to get it in there, uh, out of there. And so, uh, you know, at some point, you've just got enough of some things that are going on. And you decide things like, this is my house, and this bird's got to go. Okay. And so I went in there swinging the broom with authority, thinking that if I swung the broom hard enough, the bird was going to flee out of fear of me. And it didn't flee. It flew under the bed. Man, this is just going from bad to worse. And so you really, I'm serious, like as an adult male figure, the leader of this home, you've got to get the bird out of here. Like, this has to happen. Number one, Ella Pearl is not going in that room ever if there is a bird in there. I mean, if there is a fly in there, she's not going. Okay? So if there's a bird, you know that's not going to happen. And so I've got to get this thing out. And my boys, once again, are nowhere available for help because this is comedy hour for them. And they're still (laughs) cracking up, laughing, trying to let people know, like Cynthia, that there's a bird in the house, and they think this is hilarious. And so I have to get this bird out of the house. And so, you know, they got uh, the, the little, what's it called, on the, uh, between the mattresses that drapes down onto the floor? A bed skirt. I don't know those things. I know it's fabric that goes around the bed. If you know what it is, okay, good for you. Okay. And so I, this was the plan. I'm lifting the, the, the fabric around the bed because that's all I knew to call it, but now I know it's a bed skirt, and I'm just going to go with one big sweep with the broom, and this bird's going to come out of here. And that, my friends, is what happened. And I swung that thing with authority, and that bird flew out of my house, and my boys still continue to exaggerate the story and laugh at me and talk about me and telling, telling people their dad's afraid of a bird and all this stuff while they sat on the couch and laughed. I love you boys, but you're going to get the bird next time. Now, I want to use that story to talk about authority because there's a lot of believers that have had some things occur in their life, and as a result, they've opened some doors, and some things have come into their lives that do not belong there. And instead of using some authority to get those things out of their life, They have just tolerated it for a long time. And it's robbing them of their peace. It's stealing what should be theirs. It's causing them to constantly be in defense mode all the time. And they're missing out on on living the type of life that God has intended for them to live. And rather go after it with authority... They're sitting back and trying to manage it. Trying to manage it. How are we going to do this with this in our life? How are we going to handle this with this in our lives? So today I want to talk about spiritual authority, the over-under effect. Now, when you talk about authority, I have to be honest, this isn't the most popular topic because people don't like to talk about authority because it automatically makes them feel like somebody's going to tell me what to do. And I have, I have, I have lived long enough to know that what in whatever role you work in with your career, whatever position you're in with your family, you might be one of them people that says, no one tells me what to do. You're lying. 
Because there, it don't matter what job you have, even if you're the boss man, somebody's telling you what to do. Can I hear an amen from a boss man in here? And no matter what position you're in in the family, even if you thump your chest and say, I'm the man of this house, when your wife says, move the couch, you move the couch. Come on, somebody. And in some cases, the kids are telling parents what to do, and the parents are doing that too. I don't get it, but anyway, let's go back to the message. Okay. So when you mention the word authority it can literally trigger a mixture of emotions. It can, because some people who are in authority positions, they tend to be okay with it. But people who are not in authority position, they don't want to hear it, once again, because they are fearful that someone is going to use anything that is taught about authority as a way to manipulate, as a way to control, as a way to tell people what to do. And can I tell you that the authority that we're talking about today was never meant for control but it was meant for covering. And there's a lot of people that's living a Christian life that is uncovered because they don't understand authority. And because they're uncovered, they're vulnerable to all types of spiritual attacks in their life. And they're being attacked one thing after another, and they're blaming it on everything else when really all you got to do is get undercover. Like it's raining out there right now. And if you go stand out in the rain and you don't have nothing over you, no matter how good you are and how fast you think you are, you're going to get wet. But if you get undercover, you're going to stay dry. Spiritual authority is a covering that God gives so that when there are things that come into your life to try to attack you, you are covered. Now, some of you, you won't like any of this reference, but let, let's just say you're involved in, 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 in law enforcement, okay? And you're working together with a partner, and you're at a crime scene. Usually, this, there's one guy that has to go in, and the other guy says, you go ahead, I got you covered. I got you covered. And I need us to see today that spiritual authority is good because God, he's got you covered. He's got you covered. Now, just because he's got you covered doesn't mean that you're staying under the cover. Because there's a lot of people that are opening doors and allowing things into their lives that really does not belong there. It doesn't belong in your life. It doesn't belong in your house. It doesn't belong in your earbuds. It doesn't belong on your television screen. Woo! Happy summer. I love you guys. But we don't realize we're opening some doors and there's some things that are flying into our lives that's having more of an impact than what we think on us spiritually. Unfortunately, when we talk about authority, it does bring up people who were in authority positions that did not use their authority appropriately, who misused their authority. And there are plenty of people out there that misused their authority. They used it to control people, to manipulate people, and ultimately it wound up hurting people. This happens in the business world. This happens in government. This happens at home. This happens at church. This happens anywhere where there is authority. And better yet, let me say it like this. This happens anywhere where there are people. And what we have a bad habit of doing is whenever people do something wrong, we think it's the whole thing that is wrong. Like our view of authority, we think authority is bad because there were bad people in authority. And as a result, we, ch- we tend to shy away from authority because we don't want to be like the people who did the bad things in authority. And you don't have to be one of the bad people that did the bad things in authority. Amen? And there still can be authority. Some people like to exaggerate their authority and flex a little bit. And a lot of times that comes from their insecurity. I'll say it like this. If someone has to get you to submit, they're not really in authority. They're in sales. Seriously. It happens at home. A man in his own home trying to tell his wife, you must submit to me because the Bible says so. And telling his kids they must do the same because the Bible says so. Well, you're, you're not exercising authority. You're in sales. Because you're trying to convince somebody to do something that you want them to do. And true authority, people recognize and they follow. 
Seriously, true authority, people recognize and they follow. And by the way, there are people who choose not to follow authority. And there's a word that's called rebellion. And I'm not trying to diagnose a generation or none of that. I'm just trying to set the scene because, listen, everybody thinks that generation, the next generation is rebellious, and you forgot you were part of a generation that was labeled rebellious when you were coming up too. Amen? So let's not do that to our young people because there's some good ones in there. There's some good ones at this church. I love our young people. I do. They're awesome. Here's the thing that we got to realize. No matter what position you're in, we all have imperfections. Whether you're the, the last person following or the first, people, per, first person leading, you have imperfections. Can I hear an amen? That means this, for those of you who need a little help breaking that down. We ain't perfect. But there's an expectation for some reason that we put on people when they're in an authority position that they must be perfect. And when we put the expectation on a person to be perfect, they're always going to let us down. Always. No matter what. I have served under some incredible people, incredible dad, submitted to his authority. I'm telling you, before I had the fear of God, I had the fear of Jimmy in my life. It was a healthy fear. It was. Kept me from a lot of craziness. It was a healthy fear. But even though my dad was as incredible as he was, he still wasn't perfect. Okay, And sometimes we let the imperfections of people hurt us. And because of their imperfections hurting us, we draw massive conclusions about them. This is helping somebody. Because that person hurt me like that in their imperfection, I now draw a complete picture about anybody in that position and assume they all do that. And that is not true. It's not true. All husbands are just a piece of trash because that one husband hurt you. That is not true. All kids are rebellious because one kid did something that you didn't approve. That is not true. Can I get an amen from somebody in here? Come on. Just because you had one teacher in school that wasn't good doesn't mean they were all no good. And we can go down the list. You went to one restaurant, and it wasn't good. Doesn't mean that all the restaurants are bad. You have one bad experience with a waitress. Doesn't mean that all the waitresses are bad. But why do we clump it all together and just go ahead and assume that's how it is? I believe this is an attempt by Satan himself. Can I go spiritual on you? I think it's an attempt by Satan himself to try to deceive people into thinking they don't need anyone to tell them what to do because that person is only going to hurt them and limit them and hold them back. And so a lot of people, they choose to live with an independent spirit instead of a Holy Spirit. And here's the big difference. Your independence is based off of you, but my holiness and freedom is based off of him. And his is a lot more powerful. Amen? Amen? And so a lot of independent spirited people don't want anyone to lead them. They always have a problem with their boss, and they usually go from job to job to job. And they like working for themselves, except they can't stay motivated to keep the work coming. Praise the Lord, this is Sunday. And no one wants to talk about this kind of stuff, but yet we're going to keep circling the wagon around the things that we're dealing with over and over. And why does this keep happening to me? The devil's coming against me. I can never have a good job. I can never have a good family. I can never have this. I can never have that. And we just keep circling the, 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 the wagons around the fire, wondering why it's happening. And here's the deal. A lot of times it's happening because we need to come under some good authority. Amen? To come under some good authority. And what I want to do today is help you to see that God's authority is good. People are messed up, but God is good. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is loving. And the way he works authority is unlike anything you have ever seen in your life. It is healthy. It is life-giving. And it will definitely pour out blessings on you like you have never seen. In fact, if you really want to see blessings in your life, come under his authority. Because it, it comes down from heaven above, and it's like a drip. And if you don't stand under it, you don't get hit with it. 
And when we choose not to stand under submission to authority, guess what? We're high and dry and mad at the people who are being blessed. But God's got more for you. Come on, how many of you want to walk in what God's got for you? How many of you want to see the blessings of God, want to walk in some spiritual strength? That's what we want to do. And you're like, please, wait, please, Pastor, wait, tell me what to do. Please tell me how to do this. I'm going to tell you how to do this. Here's the big picture of spiritual authority. I want you to imagine for a second. Being able to live your life as a believer without everything stressing you out. Come on, somebody. Without letting worry overtake you every time something happens. Imagine not being bound anymore by things from all those years ago still there. Imagine not having to be depressed. Imagine that. What I'm going to share with you today about spiritual authority is the key, is the key to freedom. It literally is the key to freedom. Here's the first thing I want you to know. This is a teaching part, okay? The first thing I want you to know is that all authority comes from God. All of it comes from God. You said, what about this level came from God? What about that level? It came from God. All authority comes from God. Romans 13, verse 1, it says, For there is no, no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Let me break this down for you. God is a God of order. Don't confuse order and control. Okay? A lot of times, people who are control freaks, they take that, oh, yes, indeed, bring that to me. Give me that verse. That's my refrigerator verse. Instead of putting, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord up in the living room, they put God is a God of order. You know what I'm saying? That's how they roll, because they want everything exact. God is a God of order. In other words, there's not going to be chaos. God is not involved with chaos. He's involved with order. And many people's lives are in chaos because they lack order. And they lack order because they don't understand authority or they reject it. Okay? So they need some authority to bring order into their lives. And we have to understand this, that all authority comes from God. Now, there are people in authority positions that God has put that you may not like. You can shake your head and say, oh, amen, okay? It's okay. Because there are people that I know that are in authority positions I don't like. I don't think they should be there, but I'm not God. Amen? Like, like watch this. Pray that God gives you a job. Believe, and God gives you a job, and then you start working with your boss, and you realize, O-M-G. Who is this guy? Or who is this lady? Who are these people? How did they get into that position? Well, I don't know how they got in that position, but that's the position they're in, and we get to work for them. So what are we going to do? Because a lot of people, the very thing that God blessed them with, because they don't like somebody that's in that position, they will quit the very thing that God gave them because they don't understand spiritual authority. Because they think, i got to like you in order for God to use you. Newsflash, God can use people you don't like to bless you. you. Somebody needs to write that down. God can use people you don't like to bless you. Some of you wouldn't be in leadership today if it wasn't for you having that boss that was no good to show you a bunch of the things you don't need to do. And now you're in a position of leadership and you say, I don't know everything, but I know I ain't doing that. Amen. But we don't look at it like that because most of the times we are very good at accepting the victim role. And we would rather be the victim to make everything go away than to become a victor and just go through it and get through it. Amen? Because what I've learned about God is if you didn't pass that test here, you're going to pass that test somewhere else. And a lot of us just keep putting off the test. And we're like, God, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. And God's like, I'm just waiting for you to pass the test. 
you want promotion. I can't promote you till you pass the test. Amen? That's order, by the way. That's order. Now, here's the second thing I need you to see, okay? God gave man authority over everything. So God creates authority. He establishes it. And then when he creates man, he creates Adam and Eve. He says, here you go. You're in charge. And some of you are like, well, that's easy. Wasn't no people there. They had their hands full already, though, I promise you. Genesis 1.28, then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing, every living thing. You have authority over all of it, the bird under the bed. Get out of my house. Over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God establishes authority and he gives it to man. I want you to write this down real quick. Okay, I want to define this for you. This is what spiritual authority is. I don't know if they put it up on the screen or not, but here's what it is. Spiritual authority is the divine right and responsibility. It's a right, but it's also a responsibility. It's not just I tell you what to do. It means I got stuff to do too, okay? Divine right and responsibility delegated to believers to act on God's behalf and ruling spiritually over his creation under the lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again because I see some of you looking up at me like, you got to say that again because I'm going to write it down. The divine right and responsibility delegated to believers to act on God's behalf, you notice what I said, to act on God's behalf in ruling spiritually over his creation under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, I know that's a lot. Some of you, you got that uh, seven-word seven sentence limit, and you just checked out. Okay, I know. I'm going to help you. I'm going to sum it up like this. Because we're under the lordship of Jesus Christ, we are over everything. Anything the devil tries to throw at you, guess what? You're over it. But only if you're under the lordship of Jesus. The over-under effect. We want to be over some. Some of y'all say, I just can't get over this. I've been trying to get over that. I've been trying. The key to getting over some things is knowing who you need to be under. Okay? So let's keep going. I'm, I'm, I'm just unpacking this a little bit as we go. Number three, another thing about spiritual authority is man forfeits authority when he sinned. Now we're going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. God gave Adam and Eve. He said, hey, you're in charge. Run this thing. Got a lot of food to eat. Got a lot of animals to take care of. Handle it. Well, in the garden, there was also a temptation because God said you can eat of any tree except for one. That, my friends, is called order. You can do all this, but not that. God was trying to keep some order. And so don't you know that Satan wants to use those things to try to get to us because we always want what we can't have. Why is that? We always want something that we can't have and so satan took advantage of that and what did he do he deceived he tempted and he confused i want to say that again he deceived he tempted and he confused okay now it's important for you to see y'all listen in on this part that satan even though he was powerful we can acknowledge that, by the way. If you say Satan's powerful, you're not giving him more powerful, more power. You're just acknowledging that you got, you, I understand who you are, okay? He is powerful, but even though he is powerful, at this point in time, he had no authority. Oh, yeah, he's strong, and he can flex all day, but he has zero authority. And he can't get it from man, from people, People got to give it to him. And so the temptation in the garden wasn't about a piece of fruit. It was about surrendering their God-given authority 
to him. So he deceived them. He tricked them into thinking this is going to help you. This is going to be better for you. He deceived them. He tempted them. It was pleasing to the eye. It looked really good. Really good. And he confused them. Did God really say? If you, if you can understand the way that Satan works, then you will know whenever he's coming against you. Because if there's something that is trying to deceive you or trick you, something that is tempting you, or something that is confusing you, you know that the devil is involved in it. And what is he trying to do? I know, oh, he's trying to attack. That is true. But what is he after? He is after your authority. If he can get your authority, he's got all of you. And this is dangerous because we, without realizing many times, are handing over authority to Satan through our decisions that we're making every single day. And we're not really thinking anything about it. And we're leaving the doors open. And just because the bird didn't fly in today doesn't mean that there ain't some other critter that's sneaking in. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times we have these doors that we're leaving open in our lives and Satan is finding his way into other areas of our life that we didn't even think he would go. Like if I was the bird, I'm not going under Ella Pearl's bed. I want to go in the kitchen because there's food there. That's survival. Am I right? But he went under the bed. So watch this. Satan cannot take what is rightfully yours. He cannot take what is rightfully yours because he has no authority, but he can deceive you and tempt you into giving it away. Okay? So what does Satan want to do? He wants to take over you so you will be under his influence. Now, if you want to talk about someone who controls and manipulates and hurts, it's Satan. But he does it underneath this, this, this veil called pleasure. Pleasure. Because it looks awesome. But mixed in it is control. It's manipulation. That's what Satan wants to do. And you say, well, I know a lot of people that just live however. They just look like they're having all kinds of fun. But you don't see them all the time. You see them on your social media posts. And they're posing... But when you look at them in real life, they're no longer posing with a smile. They're crying, trying to make it through another day. But the picture is proof to them that they're still alive. That there's still hope that they can be happy. That's why they take it. That's why they post it. Because whenever people like it, it gives them hope that they still could be okay. But behind the scenes, they're hurting and they're overwhelmed. Why? Because there's something that is controlling them. It could be an addiction. It could be unforgiveness. It could be bitterness. It could be a number of different things that has affected them in their lives, and they can't figure out what to do with it. And so what have we seen? A lot of people have been going to counseling to try to figure it out, which, by the way, there's a lot of people that need some counseling, and they just want to pretend like I'm strong enough, I'm strong enough. Listen, you don't have authority over this thing to say you're strong enough. Because if it's been lasting this long, it's got you. Like, think of that. And I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm just trying to direct you that perhaps you need some counseling. But along with the counseling, you need to understand where you stand in Christ. Because someone can tell you over and over that you're going to make it past this and you can be healed and all this stuff. You need to know who the healer is. Amen. And you need to know the one that gives you ultimate peace. Amen. Because appeal can't do it forever. Amen. It could do it for now, but it can't do it forever. And so for you and I, it's this, this reality that, hey, whenever man sinned, what did he do? He surrendered authority over. And listen, it's not just when we sin. It's when people sin even against us. Sin opens the door for authority to be surrendered. That's what sin does. And man surrendered his authority over because he just had to have that. He just had to have that thing, had to have that fruit, had to have that wisdom, had to have that. And what did he do? He not only surrendered his innocence, but he handed over his authority and Satan has been using it ever since. Now, let's fast forward to some good news. Y'all want some? Because here's the next thing. Jesus took back that authority from Satan. See, if we just stopped when we gave it over to him and we got to figure out how to fight, 
we're going to be here a while. But when we understand it, wait a minute, God knew that you and I couldn't handle it. So he said, let me handle it. So he sent Jesus to come and to take that authority back from Satan. And on the cross, watch this, on the cross, what did Jesus become? Our Savior. He is our Savior, saving us from the curse of sin, which the curse of sin is control. It's controlling. He saved us from the rule of sin, forgiving anything and everything. So the cross is like, look, the sin that has been committed, the act that surrendered the authority over to Satan, I got it. I'm going to save the day. I'm going to save mankind. Jesus come and he saves us. So he is a savior. And a lot of people love Jesus as a savior. Amen. Because it's heroic and all that he did. But not only is he a savior, but he is also Lord. And this is the important part. He is also Lord. When he was raised from the dead, there was nothing left that could defeat him because he defeated it all. So on the cross, he becomes a savior. And you and I, we need the savior. But the resurrection, now he is Lord, and he is Lord of all. Lord of all. All things. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord is a term used for authority. He is Lord. And this is what's so awesome about him as Lord. He didn't look at mankind and said, oh my God, you messed it all up. I'm going to come save the day. And after I save the day, you're all going to be subject to me. I'm just going to rule over you with an iron fist and you're never, ever going to mess up again. No, he's a loving Lord. He's a gracious God. He is merciful. He is full of kindness. He is slow to anger. Many of us, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be slow to anger. We'd be quick to anger. Am I right? Like, if I got to come here and do all this stuff, let me tell you how it's going to be. And thank God he didn't do that because people wouldn't follow him. So at the cross, he's Savior. At the resurrection, he is Lord. So he takes back the authority from Satan. And number five, watch this. He presents his authority over us, meaning this, that now we can walk in authority. Not because of what we did, but because of what he has done. So watch this. When you and I put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, y'all follow me. See, we think sometimes just praying a prayer so my sins go away. But when we say, Jesus Forgive me of my sins. I trust you with my life. I surrender my life to you. You are my Lord and Savior. Watch what happens. I know you're saying you get saved. That's true. But that's saved for heaven. You still got life to live on earth. And how are you going to live this life on earth? Hoping that you don't mess up? Or walking in some spiritual authority okay so now because we have surrendered our lives to jesus we announce him as our lord and savior we are now identified with christ this is huge we are identified with christ so now we are no longer just servants we're sons and daughters huge difference we're sons and daughters, remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the prodigal son. What did he say? I will go home and tell my father, just hire me as a servant. And the father said, uh-uh, get the robe, put it on him. Get the ring, put it on him. Get some shoes for his feet. Kill the fatted calf. We're having a barbecue. My son is home. The ring on that finger, guess what that means? You got your authority back. So whenever we announce Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he puts a robe on us, a robe of righteousness. Amen? That's the jersey, okay? Then he puts the ring on our finger. The ring is authority. We got some victories under our... Come on, we won a few things. Well, he has. I'm just on his team. He puts some shoes on our feet because I'm not living like that anymore. I got, some, I got a new path that I'm on, and he kills the fatted calf. That means we're about to celebrate the goodness of the Father. Are y'all grabbing this today? And this is why it's so important that we understand this because a lot of time, oh, I got saved. Now what? Well, just try not to mess that up. <laughs> well, good luck. Because you like 
30 minutes away from somebody doing something that will test you beyond your limits. Amen. If you can even go 30 minutes. Some of y'all are like, you're going more than 30 minutes right now. You're testing me. You need to hear this. So hang on. So watch this. When we're identified with Christ, like when we're water baptized, that has more significance than what you even know because it's a public identification with Christ. A lot of people like to keep it private and undercover. Uh-uh, he's got you covered. Come on out and let the world know, I identify myself with Christ. When you're involved in a church, what are you doing? You say, I am identified with the family of God. I'm not just hiding out in the bedroom playing PlayStation. I'm involved in the activities of God on the earth. By the way, that's what the church is, the activities of God on the earth, not just people that have a belief system. Amen? So, he's Lord over all when we come under his authority. And we now walk in his authority. So he's Lord over me, but I am under him. And as a result, Satan is now under my feet. Let me give you a verse to prove that. Romans 16, verse 19 through 20. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. I'm submitted to his authority. This makes me very happy. Paul's writing this, by the way. I want you to be wise in doing right and stay innocent of any wrong, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan where? On your feet like a roach. But then he just cleans it up. May the grace of God be with you. Amen. So this is what I'm trying to tell you, that you can be an overcomer of anything. And I know there's people out there that says, Pastor Wade, don't say that to people. You're going to get their hopes up. But that isn't based off of what that person is able to do. It's based off of what I know Jesus has already done. Amen. So we are overcomers by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. His blood speaks for us. When he went to the cross, the blood that was shed, see, there was life that had to be given to cover the curse of sin. And Jesus gave it. No one took it. We need to understand that. This is so important. Satan didn't take Jesus' life from him so that sins could be forgiven. Jesus gave his life so that our sins could be forgiven. It was his choice. He's still in charge. He didn't lose because Satan was doing his thing. He's still in charge. And because of his blood, we can have victory over anything. So when I come under the lordship of Jesus, I can have authority over anything the devil tries to throw at me. I can. Because I'm under. No weapon formed against me will prosper. It may, it may form against me, but it can't prosper because I'm covered. Are, are y'all grabbing this today? I'm covered. And if I'm covered, shoot all you want. Here's the last thing, number six. We have authority and power within us. Right back to where it started. We have, a, we have authority and power within us. Watch this. Jesus gave us his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to empower us to overcome sin. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and has identified us as his own. He has identified us as his own. That is my son. That is my daughter. Don't mess with them don't mess with my son don't mess with my daughter he has identified us as his own by placing the holy spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us everything we are authorized we are anointed we are deputized by the Holy Spirit as a guarantee.
I want to finish with this story. I know of two people in our church that can stop an 18-wheeler with their bare hands. And you think, man, these people are strong. You're missing it. It's not that they're stronger than the 18-wheeler. It's that they're authorized by someone over them to stand in the middle of a highway and put up their hand and that guy driving that 18-wheeler will press the brakes and stop. No doubt the vehicle is more powerful than Brad White. But when Brad White puts his hand up there as a Florida State Trooper, your boy better stop. And there's a lot of people as believers with their hands in their pocket. During the worship service, got their hand in their pocket. And all along, the, the, it's coming at you. It's coming at you 80, 90 miles an hour. But there's something that happens when you just put up a hand. Watch this. This is so powerful. I put up my hands as a sign of what? Surrender. And when I surrender, I come under the authority of the Most High God. And when I come under authority, I'm now over all these things. This is the over-under effect. I want to be over some things in my life, but I can't get over it until I get under Him. And there's a lot of people that just refuse to get under Him, and they're trying to get over some things in their life. You've been trying to get over it for years and years and years, and you believe this old fable that time heals everything, and this time you're in a new marriage, and the same thing that happened that time is happening this time. Same thing happened at the last place of work. is happening again this time. And you keep thinking it's those people, those people. At some point, though, you got to realize, did I leave some doors open? Are there some things flying around in my house that has no authority there that is making me believe this is just how it's got to be? At some point, we've got to clean out the house. Amen. We've got to clean out the house and let him be Lord of the house, Lord of the life. We've got to clean some things out of our life and say, Lord, that was not authorized by you. And because it's not authorized by you, I'm no longer doing it. I can do whatever I want, but I'm not going to forfeit my authority by doing whatever I want. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Amen. And by doing what I'm supposed to do, the doors are closed and I am covered. I don't have to live in fear. I can live in peace. Is Satan powerful? Yep. But does he have authority over you? Nope. So why are we living like that? Last example. I love football. Football season's coming up. You want your team to move to our conference, I know. We know. There's some big boys out there on that football. How many of y'all play football? Let me see your hand. Lance, you played? Okay. All right, we, we trust you. Who else? Benjamin played. Caleb, you played. Huh? Yeah, you played. Anybody else? There you go. Pete played. Jeremy, you played. Come on, who else? Where's the football player? Quit being a Josh played. Elijah played. Judah played. Terry, you played ball? Flag football? I'm messing with you, bro. I love you. I love you, bro. I love you. All right, all right, all right. All right. Powerful people on the football field. They can hit people. They can run them over. People get hurt. In fact, you can hit somebody and get hurt hitting them. They didn't get hurt. You got hurt. But as powerful as they are, there's these guys that walk on the field that have authority to remove that powerful guy from the field. That referee, he can throw you out the game. It don't matter how good you are. Why? Because he has authority. I just want you to see today. I hope, I hope you're, you're, you're realizing, wait a minute. I don't have to just be a weak little Christian. 
I can walk in some authority. No, I'm not, I'm not saying go walk around and tell people what to do. Don't do that. That's weird. Talking to the wrong people. You need to look in the mirror to be able to have the authority to tell yourself, I'm not doing that anymore. Amen? And the authority to say, look, I'm tired of my family being sick. Satan, you better get your hands off my family. Amen? I'm tired of us walking through this same old dilemma over and over with all this stuff. No more, Satan. Get your hands off of my family. See, we, we, we've been taught so much to shy away from the fight because we, we, we wind up fighting with the wrong people. But there is a fight that you can't shy away from. Spiritual warfare. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers in high places. Come on, somebody. And a lot of people are sitting there trying to talk to somebody and trying to correct somebody and change somebody, and they ain't got nothing to do with it. It's someone in a high place. And we've got to do a little bit of spiritual warfare. Amen? Amen? We're blaming these people when it's really some kind of influence over our own family, and chances are it's because we left our own doors open. Come on. Spiritual authority. Remember that song, We're Not Gonna Take It? I almost had the worship team learn that song for the end of service today. But some of you religious people would have melted down and thought we were heathens and stuff. So I didn't do it. Who was that? Twisted Sister, I think it is. Boy, that would work. They played Twisted Sister at church. You're changing keys, bro? Don't do that. Don't, don't, man. It's on YouTube. All right, I want us all to stand. Who would have thought at the end of a sermon on spiritual authority we'd be laughing? But I think we're laughing because now we know. Come on. Next week, I'm going to unpack a little bit more about this and help us to walk in some authority because we're not going to take it anymore. Come on. I'm ready for some lady to say, some mom to say, I'm not going to take this stress anymore. And I'm not talking about telling your kids that or telling your husband that. I'm talking about letting the devil know stress ain't going to work no more, buddy. I'm ready for some guys to say this whole anger trip is over because I don't need anger to be an authority. I don't have to walk like that anymore. It's going to change. Come on. I'm ready for a young person who doesn't even know why they're depressed and has gone to the counselor and they've tried every single angle and you're still trying to figure it out. But I'm ready for that teenager to say, devil, no more. No more will I be depressed. I don't know how, but I know one thing. You don't have authority over me anymore. Anymore. I want you to lift your hands all across this room. Remember what I told you about lifting your hands? It's surrender. See, we always just thought it was a sign of how holy you were. The holy people lift their hands. Uh Uh-uh. This is a sign of surrender. God, today we lift our hands to you in surrender because we need you. We need your authority in our lives. There are some things that we need to get over that has been getting over us and we have tried in our own strength, but today we surrender to you. And I pray, God, today that as we come under your authority, that you give us authority over these areas, these different things that have been attacking, these different things that have been deceiving, manipulating, destroying, distracting. And I pray, Lord, that we will make decisions that are authorized by you, that we will follow you, obey you, ultimately say yes to you so that these things will go. Lord, open our eyes to see more and more, to learn more and more about your authority that you have given us as believers and help us to walk in that authority with the same grace and mercy and confidence that you do. In Jesus' name, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not following Jesus, but you know it's time. It's time to surrender my life to Christ. 
Not just put on a Christian label, not just become religious, but truly say yes to Jesus. I want to lead you in the prayer today. I want everyone to pray this with me. This is your decision. Repeat this after me out loud. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me so much that you went to the cross to pay the price for all of my sins so that I can be forgiven and I can be set free so that I can be your son, your daughter, who you want me to be. Today I make the decision. I surrender my life to you. I announce now that you are the Lord of my life and I will follow you. I will obey you. I will be who you want me to be. I choose to live my life your way in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen.